Hey, it's Mike. So I'm just reading through a bunch of emails I got in response to some talks I gave recently about how to be more captivating on video. And it's a list that I'm pretty used to seeing these days. Things like, how do I look? How do I sound? I hate the way I sound. I hate the way I look. I feel like I look like a zombie. I feel like I was too excited and I wasn't myself. Maybe you're recognizing some of these and you think, I didn't email you that, but that's exactly how I feel all the time on video. There's something about it that just makes us not like ourselves. In a future episode, I'll talk about the three big lies that we tell ourselves when we watch ourselves back on video. But for today, I just wanted to get straight to giving you some advice, some quick tips, since everybody needs to be on video so often, since there's so many opportunities in social media to be on video, to record our webinars, all kinds of things. I thought we'd just dive right into the tips here. So I'm gonna tell you three quick ways that you can evaluate yourself on video so that instead of all the self-hate and self-loathing that goes along with video, you could instead look at it a little more objectively and measure, did it work, did it not work, and then know exactly what to do to actually make it better. Let's dive in. So you have a story to tell and you wonder how to own the stage and give that killer speech that will captivate the masses. You don't just want to speak to them. You want to transform your audience. Welcome to the Mic Drop Moment. Bold conversations about public speaking, storytelling, and business that give you real-world valuable takeaways so you can craft a speech, a story, a business, and a life that the world can't stop talking about. It's time to find your mic drop moment. Here is your host, Mike Ganino. One of the things I've learned from teaching tens of thousands of people public speaking all around the world is that having the video playback can be really, really helpful. And the reason we love video is because it gives us a chance to kind of witness ourselves. If we're on stage and we're speaking, we aren't necessarily seeing how it worked. The same thing kind of goes when we stare at ourselves in a mirror when we're practicing for a video or practicing for a speech. It's not that effective watching yourself in a mirror, but it could be really effective to watch yourself back. I mean, the mirror is optional in that case. But watching video is a really helpful way to get feedback. But so often when people watch videos of themselves, whether it's producing videos for your courses, producing videos for social media, putting videos out there on YouTube, videos in your programs, doing webinars, virtual speeches, when people watch those videos back, they tend to kind of hate themselves. They tend to kind of like go into this self-loathing spiral that doesn't actually help them get better. I mean, sitting and staring at a picture of yourself and saying that you don't like your hair or you don't like the way your voice sound doesn't really do much to help you figure out whether the video is working for you. And it certainly doesn't help you figure out what to do instead. With most of my clients, what I find is that it actually kind of exacerbates the anxiety. It makes it even worse because then you say, oh yeah, I do sound horrible on video. Oh yeah, I do look like that on video. Oh yeah, I always seem nervous and anxious. And without really knowing how to evaluate how you came across, that's just a spiral of anxiety and self-loathing. Now, if you're, if you're out there and you're recognizing yourself in this, it's also really, really normal. In fact, it's so normal that this is why a lot of people don't actually watch the videos of themselves. And I think that's a huge crime as well. If you're creating videos because you want to connect with your audience, because you are trying to build your brand to... Uh, share your thought leadership and your ideas, then I think we owe it to our audience. We owe it to ourselves and we certainly owe it to our idea, our message, our movement 
to watch those things back. It's the same reason that this episode, yeah, this episode when I'm sitting here by myself talking to you, I will listen to again. I will edit out all the parts that need to be edited out because they were boring or unclear or confusing. I will add details where things need more help. It's important that if we're going to kind of stand in front of the world, we need to be able to watch that back and learn from it and grow. And I think that's why so many people get stuck on video and public speaking is that they don't know how to evaluate themselves. So they simply don't watch back their their speeches, their videos, and then they don't get any feedback. They don't even give themselves feedback and then they just don't get better. But not you. You're listening to this and I'm going to help you get better. Okay. That's my promise here. I've got a Three things. We're going to get rid of all of the, I don't like my hair. I don't like this. I don't like my voice. Uh, let's get rid of all of those things for now. You look how you look. You sound how you sound. Let's just make sure that however you look and however your voice sounds, that you're coming across clearly, articulately, and with intention. That's what we're going to talk about today. So here's my first little, uh, my first little tip for you. My first little uh, kind of rule for evaluating yourself on video. One is to watch it back without the sound. So turn your volume all the way down, mute it, whatever you have to do, and you're going to watch the video with, with no sound. Now, I know this might make sense because you're like, well, I'm talking through this video the whole time. And if you have like an hour-long keynote, maybe you don't need to watch the whole thing. You would watch parts of it. But here's what you're looking for. When you turn off the sound and you watch yourself, what you want to see is how did your face move? could you tell how you felt about the different parts based solely on your facial expression? If you're making video, it means that you're trying to communicate something to people using more assets than just your voice. So how did those do? Did your facial expressions help clarify how you felt? If you were to kind of hone in on any 10 second part of your video, would it be clear from the way that you looked how you were feeling about the topic that you were talking about? What were your eyes doing? A lot of times people with their eyes will make <laughs> straight on eye contact with the camera because they've learned that they're supposed to look at the camera when they're speaking. But that doesn't actually mimic real communication at all. And when you turn the sound off and you just watch yourself staring at the camera for 10 minutes, you realize how creepy that it actually looks to your audience. So are your eyes making natural eye contact? What I mean by natural eye contact is that when you are saying something and you want to kind of check in with your audience, you would look directly at them. But maybe when you're thinking, you might look up and to the right. Maybe when you're trying to remember, you might look down and to the left. There are like books by like FBI people on like which way you should look to be telling something, remembering something. I don't really know what it is, but I do know that when we communicate, we don't stare at the person we're talking to the whole time. It's common for a listener to give us their undivided attention. But as speakers, we tend to look up, look down, think for a moment, uh, look sideways. That's how we generate ideas and kind of inspire what we're going to say next. So are you doing that in your videos? Are you mimicking natural conversation skills? That's one other thing you'll check out. Another thing you can check through is your uh, gesticulation. Now, I am both Italian and gay, and that means you're going to get a whole lot of gesticulation and also a little bit of stereotypical things that I just did there with the Italian and gay thing. Anyway, I'm both, so I'm going to say that I can say those things. But did your hands help you? A lot of times when new clients come to me, they'll say, oh, I've been told that I need to stop using my hands, that I need to do something else with my hands. And I think, 
what else are your hands supposed to do? Like when you're communicating, what else are your hands supposed to do? And a lot of times it's like, well, I'm, I'm speaking. So uh, my hands aren't supposed to do anything. But the reality is like when we're watching someone speak, whether on stage or on a video, it's a full body experience. We're taking in everything. What's in the background? What kind of stage are they on? Who else is in the audience? That context matters. And so when you're on video, you don't have to just sit there and stare at the camera and speak directly. Use your hands to help you. If you're saying that something was a small amount, can you squeeze your uh, pointer finger and your thumb together to show small? If something is expanding, maybe you put your palms together and then pull them apart to show that it's expanding. All of those things can help your video audience understand your ideas even more. So that's another thing you can evaluate. So that is all the kinds of things you could look for if you turn the sound off and just watch the movement in the video. Now, next, we're going to move over to the second part of evaluating yourself on video, and that's to do the opposite. Now, leave the sound on, but turn the video off. Or you don't really have to turn the video off. You can just look the other direction or turn your screen or something. Anyway, don't watch the video. That's the point. You're going to just listen to it. Now, when you're listening to it, can you tell how you felt? Can you tell how you were feeling when you said each line? Was it obvious there? Did it feel like you were actually speaking to a real person or that you were kind of memorizing a script and just delivering something? Did it feel like whatever you were saying had somewhere to land? I'm going to talk about that in the third tip, by the way. But what were the feelings? Could you tell how the person felt? Could you almost imagine what your facial expressions would have been by the way that you described uh, the words, the way that you said the words? So listen for feeling. The number two thing that you can listen for in video is pacing. One of the reasons that we struggle with video sometimes is that we get really good at communicating in person, whether it's with one person or with small groups or big groups even. We get used to all the social cues that we pick up of, are they interested? Are they not interested? Are they listening to me? Did they stop listening to me? But when we're on video, we kind of lose all of that. And so we can get stuck in this a little bit monotonous, robotic, like one level speaking because we're not connecting with an audience. Our job, if we're going to be on video trying to connect with an audience, is to figure out how to make it. By the way, my tip there is to speak vocally more like you are on a phone call. Somehow when we're on phone calls, we add all of this great inflection and pausing and, and juiciness and spice to our words that when we get on video, we stop doing for some reason. Don't stop doing it. Leave that in there. So think about your pacing. Was it uh, too fast? Was it too slow? Did everything kind of uh, feel like it was equally important? Or could you tell where different ideas were spurred and, and kind of born in that video? Another thing you can listen for in addition to the pacing is pausing. After you said something important, did you give your audience a moment to think about it? Just like I did there. Did you... Uh, clarify where ideas began and ended by kind of putting clear beats and pauses in your words. A lot of times, especially if we're reading a teleprompter or scripted, we will pause where there's a comma or where there's a punctuation mark of some, some note, a period, whatever it is. But in real communication, we don't speak in periods and commas and things like that. We speak in ideas, in breaths, in, in moments of inspiration. And so does your video feel like that or does it feel like you're just reading a script? 
that's one of the things you can listen for. The other thing that you would listen for is clarity. Did the way you speak with the video off, with the sound off, was there clarity there? Was it easy for the audience to follow along, to understand what you were talking about, to go from one idea to the next idea? That's one of the big things there. And I'm not a specialist in this, but I've, I've learned quite a bit. If you're someone who has an accent or you're speaking a language that is not your, um, your original language, your native language that you spoke, that's totally okay. In fact, you should bring that with you to your videos. Don't try to get rid of that part of you. One of the things that often helps is not necessarily speaking slower. A lot of foreign language speakers are told to speak slower, whether they're um, speaking Spanish naturally or natively and trying to speak to an English audience or vice versa. They're speaking Spanish and English was their first language, which is my case. You don't need to necessarily speak slower. It's that you need to think about where your ideas begin and where they end and what words you need to hit and enunciate, where you need to leave a pause. So when I talk about clarity, when I talk about pacing, when I talk about speed, I'm not saying that you need to slow down because honestly, that's kind of boring and nobody wants to listen to that. I speak pretty fast if you think about words per minute and how quickly I say my words. But I try to pause when I know the audience needs to think about what I just said. I try to give words different weights. I try to repeat things that were, that were kind of big ideas that I want them to really hear. In fact, Oprah Winfrey is the queen of that. You'll hear her over and over repeat things that she wants the audience to sink in. You'll also hear her give weight to different words. You've heard the classic Oprah thing of like, you are here. She probably would follow that up with, you are here, <laughs> repeating it. Those same things can work for you in video. So if you're evaluating yourself in video, uh, number one was turn off the sound and just watch. Number two is to turn off the video or turn it around and just listen and see if you can follow. And now this third one is a little more complicated and I go through this in, in my programs and, and in fact, we have like entire days of this during live events, but just... You only need a little bit to, to be dangerous enough to really connect with people. So I'm just going to give you a little bit. So the third thing I want you to listen for, and you could do this as complicated or as simple as you would like. Uh, when I'm evaluating videos, sometimes I will watch and I will think, how are they verbing the target? I know that sounds really weird. I said that to my mom one time and she was like, is this a sexual thing of some sort? And I was like, no, mom, it's not. <laughs> but I totally get it because it does sound really weird like that. What I'm talking about with verbing the target is that your target is some specific person you're trying to speak to and you're verbing them with every single sentence, really every single idea. It's not necessarily sentence, but maybe it's idea. Every single idea you're verbing them, meaning are you trying to confuse the audience, to soothe the audience, to um, to convince the audience? Are you trying to play with the audience? So you're thinking of a specific target and then you're verbing, you can look up your favorite list of verbs, by the way, you're verbing them to kind of do something. When you think about the way you communicate in your normal life, for example, with my daughter, if she's a, she's a baby, an infant, 
But when she is upset, you know, if if I know it's a, a food upset versus a I, um, you know, bumped my toe on something upset. Those are different kinds of cries that she makes. In fact, she's actually verbing the target. I never thought of that until this moment, but she's verbing the target. I'm her target and she's verbing me. She's in one kind of cry. She's trying to tell me like I need to be fed and another kind of cry. She's telling me I'm hurt. Uh, there's the kind of cry that says like I'm tired. And if you have um, if you've ever had a children or been around them, you're recognizing what I'm talking about right now because those are all very distinctive and different cries. And you could say the baby's crying, but what she's doing is different in each of those because she's trying to communicate something to us. Now, if I was trying to uh, to help her in each of those scenarios, I would be doing different things. I would soothe her. I would distract her if if I was you know waiting for the bottle to get warm. I would distract the baby. If she was hurt and crying, I would try to to soothe the baby to make her feel better. If she was tired and crying, I would try to, I don't know what the word is when you mean like make her go to sleep, but I would try to make the baby go to sleep. Uh, whatever, I would try to calm the baby. Each of those is a different intention, even though I might be doing something very similar. You need to think about the same thing in your video because your video is effective if it does that. If your video does that, it's effective. I want to say that one more time. I know I told you earlier repetition can help, but I'm going to say it again just because I think it is. If your video verbs the target in the way that you intended, then it is effective. Regardless of how much you loved your voice, regardless of how much you loved your hair, and frankly, regardless of the lighting or any of that, if your goal was to uh, connect with your audience, to convince your audience, to whatever the case is with each of the ideas in it, and you did that, then your video was effective. That's why I think this third one is is kind of the most powerful of all of these ideas. What you could do if you really wanted to kind of like play around with this and really start to understand it is take you know each line or take each small section. Definitely not a whole video if it's over you know a minute, but take each part and think, what was I trying to do here? I was trying to enroll the audience. I was trying to um, thrill the audience. I was trying to tease the audience. What were you trying to do? What is the verb to what target? And if you did that, then it was effective. So those are the three ways I think you should be evaluating your videos. I'd love to hear if you uh, thought of other things or if any of these really resonated with you, you can find me at Mike Ganino on all the socials uh, and let me know because I'd really love to hear how those go. And if you want some help with storytelling, if one of the things you're working on is, is what you actually say in any of these places, I've got a free storytelling guide for you over at mikeganino.com slash storycraft. You can grab that. And then you have my email and you can let me know if these three ideas in this video helped you. So let's just recap really quick before we head on our day. Number one, turn off the sound and just listen to, and just watch your, your body language, your eye contact, your faces. How clear was it how you felt about what you might've been saying, even though you weren't hearing it? Number two, turn off the video and just listen to the sound. How was your pacing? How was the clarity? Could you tell how you felt about each thing you were saying? And third is how strongly, clearly, intentionally, were you verbing the target at each place? And I promise you that one is a really fun rabbit hole to go down. Uh, thanks for hanging out today. I can't wait to, uh, to hear ideas from you on how this helped you 
maybe be a little kinder to yourself the next time you are doing videos. Because I promise you, if you have something to say and you're ready to say it, then whatever videos you're producing, if you're, if you're evaluating in this way that I've shared today, they're probably pretty powerful for your audience. I'll see you out there. This episode has ended, but your journey doesn't have to. Head on over to MikeDenino.com. Access all the resources and links that Mike and his guests shared today. And keep on crafting your own story. That's MikeDenino.com. Your audience is waiting. Isn't it time to find your hashtag mic drop moment? 